Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller time. Hello, my friends. Simon Miller here with another episode of Simon Miller's pro wrestling show it is april 18th 2021 almost forgot the year there 2021 we are but a few days removed from wrestlemania and as we have learned sometimes when wrestlemania is done we should just sit down and record a podcast before we get to raw because it can change the very feel and the very substance of what we're going to chat about but we're always going to try and keep it positive and in case you are a brand new listener i appreciate it thank you very much for joining me it's a positive spin. Doesn't mean we don't give criticism towards pro wrestling, but also sometimes you just got to call it like you see it. A uh, quick shout out to my patrons as well. Patreon.com for Simon 316. Uh, again, just massively appreciate you supporting not only my YouTube channel, but this and everything that I do in my personal, personal projects, whatever the hell we're going to call it. This would not exist without you. So I wanted to get it in there as early as possible, as well as saying thanks to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting the podcast as well. Let's start with WrestleMania. I thought WrestleMania Nights 1 and Night 2 were really good. I know the consensus now is that we all love Night 1 and we all hated Night 2, but I think that is looking past a lot of the great stuff that we had on Sunday. Now, we'll start with the main event because I thought that main event was just... I just thought it was a good time. And I get it. Roman Reigns winning was quite a surprise, but sometimes I'm like... Look, there, are, there, are, there are times in my life, absolutely, where I'm going to get riled up and I'm going to get angry about the wrong person winning, whatever the, the, the phrase would be. Of course, it's going to happen, right? It's the same as if you watch Game of Thrones or if you play a video game. You have certain things that you expect and certain things that you think are good. But at the end of the day, everything I've just mentioned is a creative endeavor. So whoever is doing the creating is allowed to choose their path and is allowed to choose their journey. And not everything is going to be 100% what you want it to be, right? So I find it hard to get too mad about that main event when for what it was like 20 minutes long whatever it was for 20 minutes so the whole thing i'm not even gonna pretend the whole thing i was just having a great time and was it overbooked yes was there a bunch of gaga yes was jay uso essentially just making it into a fatal four-way yes but i was entertained and i was smiling and i was laughing and i'll be completely honest with you when roman reigns won i threw my hands up in the air and i went yes yes because i just thought it tied into his character so well like that mother hubbard he was tapping out he you know it lost about 72 times and then he'll still come out on smackdown and go this is me i'm the best without me wwe's gonna collapse i'm the champion he is such a good bad guy and all these worries that oh edge is gonna get booed and roman reigns is gonna get cheered it was even better than that edge got a super pop which made me you know extra happy because actually i do think the we'll just call it the rated r superstar character for lack of a better term i do think that's allowed him to you know deliver better promos and have more of a ironically edge to his persona so why i'm all good with it but maybe even better than that i mean daniel bryan's just daniel bryan probably one of the best what well, is definitely one of the best wrestlers ever and his character is just phenomenal and it always will be but when it comes to roman reigns i feel like for the first time in potentially years and maybe i'm exaggerating i'll have to sit down and think about this you have a main event heel that gets booed and gets properly booed. Like, we don't like you, and he's able to respond to that. Like, when he was being jeered, and he just got to shout into the audience, acknowledge me, it's like, oh, this is exactly what I want. This is, this is why having real fans is so imperative to wrestling, because it is enhancing his gimmick even more, right? It just is, because people don't like it, and yet he's still getting by by the skin of his teeth. And what I mean, you know, by in the last major heel was Roman Reigns. <laughs> And he wasn't meant to be a heel before he became the tribal chief. And then before that, you had John Cena. Like, who was a mega overheel? Maybe JBL. And there's probably somebody I'm forgetting, and you're rolling your eyes and throwing things. And I'm, I'm referring to WWE specifically. And if I have forgotten someone, I do apologize. But that's why... Because also, I mean, the other reason is, look, if Edge had won, it would have been wonderful. Of course it would. What a lovely story that is. And he's such a good wrestler, even as he, you know, draws closer to 50. What an absolute just hero that man is and you know so that would have made me feel great daniel bryan is always going to make me feel great because i'm always going to love that guy but there's something more interesting to me keeping it on roman reigns because it's the last thing i thought wwe was going to do so i think there may actually be something more fascinating within that and we'll have to wait and see what we do on smackdown and we did all say this beforehand 
that they'd all put themselves in a position where no matter what WWE did, it could be justified. It's not like Edge needs to be built. It's not like Daniel Bryan needs to be built. Again, I know it sounds dumb because he is their guy and he has been for years. But because his character is not new, but relatively so, it kind of felt like he did need this to make him more of a dick. And now we know that he's not going to get cheered and, he's at, and he is going to get booed. I want him to be the biggest dick on the planet. And this gives him the, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it gives him whatever that word is, the catalyst to do so. And it was also just so much fun. And the critic- another criticism seems to be, oh, but Joe Uso always interferes. Why wouldn't he? He's a brainwashed maniac. I mean, you can't do it all the time because, of course, the law of diminishing returns. But I do not think we're there yet. So I loved it. If you watch my ups and downs, and if you haven't, please go to What Culture Wrestling and give it a give it a click. You know, WrestleMania, big season. As many people could uh, check it out. It always means a lot to me. I gave it a golden up. I have no problem with it. I watch wrestling to be entertained. And being entertained doesn't mean I always get the winner that I want. I go on my guts and my instinct and my reaction. And I had a huge smile on my face. I truly, I truly, truly did. Which is kind of weird because I did not have, <laughs> did not feel the same way at the start of night two. Randy Orton and the Fiend was just crazy. I mean, this is the good thing about waiting till today. It came out earlier this morning, and who knows how true it is, but we'll take it as fact for this and uh, remind you to always put a pinch of salt on stuff. Apparently, Randy Orton was going to lose, and on the day of the show, Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn decided, not Kevin Dunn, uh, Bruce Pritchard decided, no, we are going to give it to Randy Orton. Why? I have no clue, and I don't even think we got a hint of that when it did come to Raw, which we'll also talk about. We'll have this uh, as a fallout episode for WrestleMania. And I didn't even mind all the dumb stuff beforehand. I mean, there was a box-like structure, as Byron Saxton let us know. I accidentally um, credited that to Michael Cole. You have to forgive me. Sometimes things... Actually, that wasn't even just something coming out of my mouth on ups and downs. When you're frantically making notes, you just sometimes your brain plays tricks on you. But I do apologize. Some people were very upset about that. But yeah, the box-like structure, the giant jack-in-the-box, Bray Wyatt and his regeneration tunnel. I mean, it's all gibberish. and It's all absolutely stupid. But it's not like we haven't seen Kane and Undertaker firing lightning bolts at each other and Undertaker ascending upwards. So I thought, you know what, if you're going to do this, you may as well do it on WrestleMania. Again, I was laughing differently this time. I was laughing like wrestling really is the goofiest thing to, to ever exist on the planet. But I had a good time, so that was enough to me. But the match is just, I don't understand why they hate Bray Wyatt so much. This Fiend character, I said it on, again, Ups and Downs for all, keep plugging my show. But by the time the Firefly Funhouse had finished, all I could think was two years ago when this first debuted. And I don't feel like we've progressed at all. I know we've had a charred version and a burnt version, but we're still doing these. And the skits are great. But again, it's what we talked about earlier, the Jey Uso thing. That has, for me, and you may feel completely differently and more power to you, but that has, for me, just run its course. And I want him to do something different. And every time it feels like we're going to give him that, we pull back. And we turned Alexa Bliss into a female version of The Fiend, which I'm not against. I just don't really understand it. Like, she said a bunch of stuff on Raw, and I was like, eh? (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, the darkness found me, and the darkness went away, and I was like, I don't need the darkness. Well, why'd you bring it back? Uh, I don't know. I appreciate all the performances. I think Randy Orton's done awesomely, because technically, on paper, it doesn't feel like he would fit into that feud, but he did. Bray Wyatt, genius. Alexa Bliss has proven she's... um, uh, much more maybe a varied hand than we than we thought before beforehand because she's done she's done phenomenally well but having the fiend lose a match after being set on fire and essentially killed after everything else that's happened since he made that turn and bray wyatt too because that does tie into the fans minds is just wwe being absolutely crazy i mean absolutely crazy especially if you know you're going to have a heel roman reigns going over in the main the first one you should probably put the good guy over uh, but he's even a good guy I have no idea. And yeah, the lack of the follow-up on Raw. Again, just... It was meant to be gibberish. I understand it. She's crazy now with her new puppet, Lily. But I got no reasoning from Alexa Bliss. And then Bray Wyatt just did his old shtick and went, oh, we're starting again. And I was like, I don't understand what's happened over the last few months. I got no payoff, right? If you were going to tell that story to someone, there's no ending. (laughs) There's no ending. And I get you could now go, oh, but the ending will be what? Alexa Bliss versus Bray Wyatt? I don't know. It's just not clicking with me. Doesn't mean I want to stop it. Doesn't mean I don't think that you should be allowed to like it. It's just, yeah, it's not, um, it hasn't ticked my box. We'll just say that. What absolutely did was Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the WWE SmackDown women's title. I mean, again, I I prefer one night WrestleMania, but I still, I don't like these people going, oh, night one wasn't a real main event. Shut up. It's a main event. Stop looking for problems all the time. Get a real problem. 
It was a real main event. And between the two, again, the triple threat and that, I just thought, what a... WWE always should ensure that they're putting the most important matches last because that's what you want. I was so excited and I liked how breezy these shows were that they flew right through. Maybe some matches could have been longer, but I'd always rather have shorter matches than longer matches. Oh, overly long matches, I should say. And yeah, Sasha Banks is is tremendous. Like, you know, cements her legacy more every single day. Bianca Blair may be at the start of her main roster career, but what a great babyface, good guy she is. So easy to, to like and get behind, so sympathetic. Really throws herself into things like it's proper emotion. Can both work and wrestle. Terrific match, really fun. And then when Bianca Belair won with the KOD, you're like, well, this is just fantastic. And of course, it's, you know, two black women headlining WrestleMania. Way long overdue. Way, way long overdue. But representation is important. And sometimes when I make these rants, I get stupid, excuse my language, effing tweets. And just know if you are going to send me that bollocks, don't listen to my show and I will block you. Like, if you actually still have these archaic viewpoints and you feel like you need to tell me them by going out of your way to tweet me you really need to educate yourself and you really need to to get a clue because it's offensive right it truly truly is so just stop it and and yeah like i say grow up it, it's ridiculous it's you do need to do this stuff and the, the the coolest thing about it is while that was a byproduct of what we had here it wasn't done just for the sake of doing it. How can anybody argue that Sasha Banks isn't one of the most important people in WWE right now? And Bianca Belair was the Women's Raw Rumble winner. She should be in the main event, especially when you have two flipping main events. So, and that's another golden up. I don't think I've ever given two golden ups that quickly. It actually breaks my rule. So Batman would be very disappointed in me, but just 10 out of 10. It was just good. It was just fun. It was just excellent. And I just loved it. I did. There's not even much more you can say. Great match. Really well done. That bit when Bianca Belair slapped or whatever we're going to call whipped Sasha Banks with her hair and it was like leather. That's worse than a Walter chop. So yeah, two great main events. And I think that's probably why I'm still buzzing about WrestleMania. Sometimes it is about the destination and not the journey. And they, I think they finished both nights on a massive high, which put, put, put a smile on my face. And it doesn't say it was perfect. Let's just run through the cards and then we'll talk about Raw. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. I understand it, right? We bring back in fans, and this is an argument I've seen a lot, and people go, and then we're putting all the bad guys over. But Bobby Lashley got a pretty big reaction when he won. So it's difficult to say that didn't please a lot of people. And also, I quite like the shock of it. I quite like the surprise of it. And we talked about it here, and other people have talked about it on their shows. It kind of felt like a stupid thing to do to take the belt off Bobby Lashley. Like it just did. I would not have minded if Drew McIntyre would have won it because I feel like he's put him in a position where that's more than deserved. But there's just something to this Bobby Lashley run and I'm kind of happy that it continued. I thought the finish was a little bit goofy. You know, MVP going, oh, Bobby Lashley. And some people said, oh, man, that should count as a distraction. I was like, that's not a distraction. Drew shouldn't be distracted. I mean, it is, but Drew shouldn't be distracted by someone yelling. Why isn't he distracted by the fans? So I thought that was a little bit lame, but I get it. They wanted to give Drew a get-out-of-jail-free card. I would have just had Bobby Lashley win. We've put the hurt lock over as this devastating maneuver. It takes everybody down. Why can't it take out Drew? And, of course, he eventually goes into the hurt lock. But I did. I like the shock. I like the surprise. It made me go, what? I think I, you know, it made me tweet. And that's always a good sign. Like, I want to tell people the way I'm feeling right now. So I liked it. Obviously, I didn't like all the stuff beforehand with the rain and the weather. I like the improv promos. Uh, that's the way that I'd love WWE to be. I mean, some people sank and some people swum. That's not right at all, but we'll go with it. <laughs> but it's, um, I, I like the carnage. I mean, obviously, it did affect WrestleMania a teeny bit simply because, you know, you want the pyro and you want the matches and you, you don't want to be sat there waiting, waiting, waiting like the pre-show has been has been expanded. But uh, it's a shame that WWE wasn't as equally as inspired by that as I was. I mean, you know, if there were 10 guys there, probably more or less, I think you could have picked five and gone, right, they did their own promos. Another five, you're like, okay, they still get scripts. And that's be fine. Like, you know, treat the performers as individuals. The less said about the, the you know the, the hosts, the better. Titus O'Neil is a wonderful human being, and I like him, and I feel like he should have just done the job by himself. You know, there's enough rhetoric out there on my own shows that you're listening to right now, or what culture about my thoughts on the Hulk Hogan stuff, but I just kind of feel like he is a, a fallen hero I'll go with, or a fallen icon, whichever word you know we want to use. Uh, I don't get much from seeing him anymore for all the obvious reasons. And that kind of just sullied all of that for me. So I thought it was a little bit of a shame. All the stuff with the SmackDown Women's Tag Team titles, I kind of, I didn't like personally. I didn't think it was for me, but mostly because I feel the story has been so under 
cooked, I suppose, that it's really hard to care. But I do think that they, they all work their asses off, right? I don't want to sit here and go, oh, this is absolutely crap. Like, they were given time. They, you know, there's nothing I didn't enjoy about it, but it's just so hard to care because there were so many random teams. I mean, the highlight, I mean, maybe it would have been the highlight anyway, but Billy Kay mimicking Carmella. <laughs> Just being an absolute goofball. You know, make her the new Mizdow. Why not? The gimmick worked before. Why can't we use it again? And obviously, on night two, it was uh, Natalia and Tamina and, you know, Nia and Jax and Shayna still won. And the problem I have with that match is that Natty and Tamina have not come across as good guys to me. Maybe I've missed something. Like, I'm not a savant when it comes to wrestling. But it was really difficult for me to want to see a hot tag to Tamina. I'm like, but I'm not behind these people. I kind of feel like there's a bunch of villains going at it. But it is what it is. It's. It was kind of just there. Maybe that's the problem. It didn't really feel like something that had to be on WrestleMania. Although I'm glad that it was, because I think if you're going to have championships, it should absolutely, uh, absolutely be defended. In terms of, I mean, you can just you. They kind of mirrored each other each night. Because if you want to tell me that Cesaro versus Seth Rollins was one of the best matches or the best match, I'm not going to argue with you. And the same with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I mean, they were short. I mean, I got it up here. Cesaro and Seth was 11.35 and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn was sub 10. It was only 9 minutes 20, which kind of seems seems nuts. And those guys you can give more time to and they will craft a better match. But it's not like I didn't enjoy it just because it was short. I thought it was just a great showcase of some of the best wrestlers that WWE has. And Seth Rollins losing to someone like Cesaro, or should I say Seth Rollins beating someone like Simon, Cesaro beating someone like Seth Rollins, I think it's a big deal if we follow up on it, right? That's the key. We finally have Cesaro in a position where we can see whether he can cope or whatever word you want to use at the top of the card. It doesn't mean that he's going to, but he absolutely deserves a shot based on his wrestling ability alone. I know you need I know you need to be a well-rounded performer, but if you've seen him on Talking Smack, he can hold his own. You just need to allow him to be Cesaro and not whoever you think he's going to be. But there's every chance that it doesn't work, and that's not a problem. I'm just happy to see him being given a go. And also there are other guys that have made their way to the top of the card based on, let's say, average ring work, but incredible you know, microphone skills and whatever else. Well, Cesaro could be the best wrestler in the world right now, or at least one of the most unique. He can have great matches with everybody. And, you know, on this show especially, one of my main takeaways is that it was a very match-heavy card. Like, there was less skits, probably because of the rain and who knows what else. And if you are going to go in that direction, well, Cesaro is going to deliver for you every single time. And there were so much fun spots in it. The swing is over. That's important. You need a move too. And yeah, when he hit the neutralizer and got the one, two, three, I was, I was just pleased. I really, really was. Massive win. First singles match ever. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I said it on my, again, my What Culture review, but they're the Joker and Batman. They can fight forever. I'll never be bored. I thought Logan Paul played his role fine. Not a massive fan, you know, based on all his former controversies, but I understand the... Uh, popularity and the viewership he can potentially bring whether he did or not I don't know I know it didn't affect Smackdown ratings but you don't ever know when it comes to social media maybe that's where they thought they would level out the best and it was just hard hitting and fast and excellent Logan Paul took a stunner at the end Kevin Owens beat Sami Zayn with a stunner I, again, I could watch it all day. I just could. I just love those guys. And I think they're I think they're super talented. I also, and I don't, I haven't, so many people are talking about other matches. I don't know what the overall impression is. I really liked AJ Styles and Omos defeating the New Day for the Tag Team Championships. I thought it was ridiculous they weren't on uh, the, uh, the, the Raw the following night. Same with Sheamus. But... It was just like old school wrestling. I thought Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods did a great job in turning Omos into this monster. Especially because Kofi Kingston, former WWE champion, allowed himself to be pinned with one foot on his chest. But I spent the whole time looking forward to Omos getting in there. When he did get in, I was like, okay, sweet. You know, we're not going to do anything over the top. And then AJ Styles literally did something over the top when he jumped over and hit the phenomenal forearm. And then they just won. I honestly had a really good time. I don't know why. I don't think you can keep AJ Styles and Omos as, uh, as bad guys because they're not. I just want to love them and, and, and send them gifts, which is a weird thing to say. I don't mean it literally. I'm just being stupid. So that was just like a really good middle of the match card. Even Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon had me, you know, entertained. There's that word again. But hey, it's Vince McMahon's favorite word, so we can use it. I mean, I could have taken five minutes off that match, to be fair. I could have done without Elias and Jackson Riker. I could have done without him having to sell Shane McMahon's punches after I've seen him been hit by literal vehicles and it hasn't affected Braun Strowman, but he can't handle a Shane McMahon punch. But look, when you've got one dude ripping off the side of a, a cage, 
You've got Shane McMahon trying to kill himself with maybe the craziest bump I've ever seen in terms of going into a ring. Maybe only Mankind at 1998, you know, King of the Ring beats it. I'm sure that I've forgotten some, but it's up there. That was a horrific bump, especially the way he landed. And so much room for error or something to go wrong. I kind of just have this feeling brush over me where I'm like, you know what? Respect to you. Just massive respect to you because that is some nut stuff. And again, it was 11 minutes 25. Didn't outstay its welcome. And it, I mean, take everything I've said and you can apply it to Bad Bunny, Damian Breeze and The Miz and John Morrison. The Miz and John Morrison fit into that New Day character. He went out of their way to ensure that Bad Bunny looked like a million bucks. Bad Bunny has clearly put the time in. Fair play to that guy. Flipping quite literally again because he did the Canadian Destroyer. Just an excellent performance. And to think there were so many naysayers is really disappointing because here's a guy who came in and actually gave a crap as compared to some celebrities. You know what? Celebrities don't have to give a crap. That's not what they're there to do, right? They're there, they have a, their own worth that they're bringing. But for some guy to come in and bust his ass and then go out there and have that kind of performance and still have some people going, oh, I don't like it. It's like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of crazy. But fair play to that guy. Absolutely awesome. I would love to say brilliant things about Damien Priest. And I really like the guy. I do, but what they did... I don't care about wins and losses. I don't. But there are times when a dude has to win. And the fact that... You know, Bad Bunny can't get anything else from this. He's gone. He's gone back to doing his singing career and more power to him. I hope he had a great few months. But Damien Priest is the guy that should have benefited from that star power. He's a guy that... I mean, potentially, you could have turned into a main eventer. I mean, that's probably me exaggerating a little bit. But then just to go out on... Raw and lose to Miz and Morrison, who lose to everybody. It was just, I don't get it. And they're in their street clothes. And like, I get it. People say, I'll let the story play out. Let the story play out. Of course, I'll let the story play out. I don't really care. Like, you know, I'll, I'll rant and rave on here because it's, you know, it's part of the, it's what we're doing, right? We're discussing things. But it doesn't bother me in my real life. I don't care what they do with Damien Priest. I'm just happy that he's got hired and hope he's making millions and millions of dollars. But it, I just don't get it. That's the problem. I just don't get it. To me, you have to have the celebrity rub. And to now it almost feels like it's been negated within 24 hours. And I think that's nuts. But the match itself, yes, very, very entertaining. Talked about Bianca versus Sasha. Just perfect in many ways. And then night two, done Randy Orton and The Fiend. Done Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Done Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Sheamus versus Riddle was exactly what you thought it was going to be. But it was fantastic. That finish especially. Uh, it was a shame when they were going to do the Irish curse at the top, but they stumbled a bit. But again, how does that not happen more? It's, it's two human beings mucking around on a tiny pole, essentially. But it, some, I mean, it wasn't actually. The whole match I thought was decent. But when you have a finish that good, you can get away with murder anyway. And, you know, Riddle basically being upside down and then being broad kicked. <laughs> it, was just, it was quite something. I will tell you that. And I don't get it. Like, why wasn't Sheamus on SmackDown uh, Raw? Maybe something will come out with AJ Styles, Omos and Sheamus that goes to show there's a proper reason for it. But I don't have that information right now. I can only react as a fan. And all of those guys, to me, seemed ready to be put in some kind of big deal and they just weren't there and i don't think guys have to be on the show every single week but to not have them there at all when raw wasn't great and was a bit elongated and kind of felt like very hit and miss baffling but again i mean again look at the amount of matches we've gone through on wrestlemania pretty much all good 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 or at least middling and average at best which is still fine i mean apollo cruz and Big E in the nigerian drum fight it went six minutes 50 and i couldn't believe how quick it was but i thought they absolutely kicked each other's ass in the best possible way and I didn't even mind the finish. I said on my prediction show for what culture that Apollo Crews should cheat. This should be the guy that cheat. And then I always get his name now. It's Baba Tunde and Daba Kato. He returns. He's going to be like, I don't know, his general or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. And I think that's cool. I don't have a problem with anyone having a second or a manager. I've missed them in wrestling. So the more people to get them, the better. The only thing that rubbed me up the wrong way is that Michael Cole and Corey Graves have no idea who this guy is. And I'm sat there going, it's Baba Tunde. Go, Who's this person? I'm going, it's Dabba Kato. It's the guy from Raw Underground. We've never seen him before. It's like, no, I've seen him before. And then I get worried. I get worried on two levels. One, because I think I'm dumb. But two, like I've written this down in my notes. <laughs> and I think, oh my gosh, no, I'm going to go on ups and downs and I'm going to get ridiculed because I got it wrong. I don't need this in my life. So I do a quick Google and see what people are saying. I always try and keep away from that stuff when I'm writing because I don't want my opinions being sullied, which can happen when you go on the internet. It. And everyone is saying it's Baba Daba Kato Baba Tunde. So I'm like, well, what the flub? I don't get why they do it. And they do it all the time. Like at the end of Raw, when the Hurt Business, well, the Retribution joined the Hurt Business, like, well, why have they done this? What do you mean, why? MVP is looking at them. That stuff really does irk me because, again, it makes me feel dumb. 
<laughs> Which probably says more about me, to be completely honest. I've I don't see why we couldn't have given them three minutes 10 seconds more which would have rounded up to a nice 10 i don't think that's going to have had any effect on that but we did the right thing apollo cruz should have won it's his match it justifies his character change biggie to me has all the potential in the world to go all the way i think he's had a fantastic few months and long may it continue and i like rhea ripley defeating oscar as well again right thing to do raw rumble almost winner but brand new star of the company you don't want her losing her championship that you know, on her first attempt you want her to win it and you want her to do well and I'll use that as a jumping off point to go into Raw 2 because one of the controversial segments with everything was Charlotte Flair. And you'll be surprised to know I am sitting on the fence as always. And what I mean by that is that I'm somewhere in between the middle. I liked her promo. I did. I really liked her promo. That's the Charlotte Flair that I want. It suits her character. It suits her actions. The one that I don't like is when I'm like, are you meant to be a good person or a bad person? Because you are somewhere, not even in the middle. You're just all over the place. And I totally get that she's always going to be figured towards the top of the card, as she should be. She's a very, very talented wrestler. And if WWE wants to reward her, she's not going to stand there and go, oh, I don't want to be rewarded because that would be crazy. And she often does back it up. Where I went the other way is that I just thought it lacked a little bit of creativity to just have her interrupt Oscar versus... I've got a name, Rhea Ripley. Man, what's wrong with me today? I'm tired from all these ups and downs. When she could have sort of fought her way back to the championship. And I get that's not massively a heel thing to do. But it just would have been a little bit different. And I, I made a faux pas on ups and downs as well. I meant to say that maybe Oscar and Rhea could have built to a better match than WrestleMania. Not that they were having a better match. But again, I got my words out wrong. And people go, man, it wasn't as good at all. And you're right, it wasn't as good. It felt a little bit... Well, like two tired people, if I'm honest. <laughs> they were probably absolutely knackered. But to get 10 minutes into a Raw match, then Charlotte Flair just breaks it up and we'll probably do a triple threat at WrestleMania Backlash. You're just like, man, that's, that's disappointing. You know, it's just it kind of just feels like the obvious, especially because our other triple threat, uh, or sorry, our other championship is just Drew McIntyre coming out and saying, I want a challenge again. And Braun Strowman saying, I beat Shane McMahon, so I deserve a world title shot. You're like, what? No. And then Randy was like, well, I'm done with The Fiend. I want a title shot. And I like that triple threat. I thought it was good. It's very entertaining. Don't even mind Drew McIntyre winning. It just This is why you shouldn't call it WrestleMania Backlash. I get that they want to use the WrestleMania name because it's one of the most powerful properties they have. But now I kind of feel like you're just going to rerun all the matches and I'm going to get all the same finishes. And I think that's nuts. So that's the problem. There is a lot of guy A or person A walks out, talks to person B and says, I would like this. And they go, okay, that sounds great. Or the interrupter match or... And look, most, I get it, right? Most wrestling stories are like that, but they don't have to be. <laughs> you can you can think outside of the box. And for the Raw after WrestleMania, I don't think we did that enough. Like, it's when we want to hit reset, and I kind of feel like we hit the standstill button. And that's not what I want when I'm really excited after everything I saw on two pay-per-views. Bobby Leslie versus Riddle was okay. Look, Riddle is a joke. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it literally. They see him as a joke, hence why they get him to tell load of jokes, right? That's why he does it. And I do enjoy the character. It's just always going to have a ceiling, even though the talent of Matt Riddle probably suggests that he could go higher. But if he's going to be put in there against Bobby Lashley, who has just come off a massive WrestleMania win, given the Lashley character, he had to kill him. And he did. Don't know why I had to go 10 minutes. That seemed a little bit unfair. But I don't see what else you could have done. The, the, the goal is clearly to establish Bobby Lashley right now. You just shouldn't have done the match, right? Bobby Lashley should have gone against somebody else, but they didn't. So I'm like, okay, well, that's what, that's what they chose to do. But then the real sadness hit. I mean, my word. It was like being broken up. It's like why I said ups and downs. It's like being broken up with by your partner and then winning a holiday for two. So like, oh, that would have been great. Oh, my emotions. Because the Viking Raiders come back. Love those guys. Sucked when, I can't remember whether Eric or Ivar got injured. I think they both had surgery at one point. But they're a great tag team. And the flipping WWE needs great tag teams. But then they're beating up Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin like they're nothing. And especially at the end of the night when, is it Mason T-Bar? I get confused with the name. There's so many. But Mason T-Bar joined the Hurt Business. It's like, well, why? Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin beat them constantly. And they're rubbish, kayfabe-wise, you know, within the realms of the story. So that was just so disappointing. And then given this, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, why would you take Alexander and Benjamin out of a group and not do anything with them? Surely you go, well, we don't know what else to do with them, so keep them in the group because we've got a good thing going here. So, yeah, that kind of broke my heart a little bit, which is an exaggeration, but true. Charlotte Flair promo we talked about. I didn't have a problem with it. Match, I did. 
And then the Miz John Morrison stuff, we've talked about it. I like the fact we're teasing the breakup between Miz and John Morrison. We break up everybody else, and that's a team I actually want to break up because I'd love to see John Morrison have a proper singles run. He's far better now than he was back in 2011 or whenever he left the WWE, and he hasn't really had a case to show uh, a chance to showcase then. So I hope he gets given the opportunity. So that would be fine. I didn't like the match because, yeah, I think that Damian Priest should have beat them a la Drew McIntyre. I'm not saying that, again, I don't think that Damian Priest is Drew McIntyre, but I think he should be gearing up for that role. And the only way to do it is to treat him quite similarly when the same circumstances come up. And we didn't. I always go back to Goldberg. Goldberg was brand new, but he beat everybody and became a star because that's always going to work because people think that's cool. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> i just seen my notes. Nia Jax, Mandy Rose, <laughs> Dana Brooke and Shayna Baszler. You tell me, man. If you've seen it, you know. Even if you haven't seen it, you know. It's one of those spots and matches that has done the rounds. How could it not? But I will still fill you in. They fell out because Manny Rose tripped over and we can't let these things lie. I don't care that Manny Rose fell over. She seems to have laughed it off. I'm surprised more people didn't fall over. I fall over all the time when one drop of rain has landed on the floor. So... As long as she's okay mentally and physically, let's just move on. But no, WWE has to make a joke about it. So they somehow work them well that work themselves into a non-title match. Nia Jack slips on the way to the ring. Nia Jack slips towards the end of the match. To the point that Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose decide we've won the moral game here, and they run away and get counted out. As Byron Saxton tells us, well, that's better than a win. And Dana Brooke is telling Mandy Rose, it's not worth it, it's not worth it. What's not worth it? You've already been fighting Nia Jax. And okay, she may be a little bit more angry now because she fell on her ass. <laughs> I can't explain this. I, can't, I always look for the positive and I sat down and I was like, that's just bad. Excuse my language, but that's just shit. <laughs> it is. If you told that story, if you made that story up to a child, the child would look at you and go, that's, give me some better context, please, dad or mum. You can't get away with that. I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more effort. I don't understand the women's tag team scene. I just don't. It shouldn't be a vehicle for, for comedy angles. Unless the comedy works. That's completely different. But I didn't think it did in this kind of situation. And why do wrestlers not want to win matches anymore? If Manny Rose and Dana Brooke had beaten the SmackDown tag team champ, like SmackDown, the women's chat, I don't want to keep saying SmackDown. I guess I associate them with that brand, probably because of Bailey and uh, Sasha Banks. Also, Bailey's role on WrestleMania, unbelievable, unreal. Absolutely should have had a match, crazy stuff. But yeah, if you beat the champions, you can probably get a championship match. But it's not worth it. They better explain that next week. It's not worth it. What's not worth it? Fighting, doing your job? Like you, you don't want to do your job because it's not worth it. One of the worst segments of the year. Je I, I don't like saying it. I don't like I don't like people tuning in and thinking Miller's all negative. But I, there's no point pretending otherwise. Like if I punched you in the face and gave you a hug, I can't then say, oh, you just appreciate the hug. No, no. We have to also focus on the punch in the face. It was a terrible analogy. I don't care. Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss stuff we've talked about. Some people love it, man. And more power to you. And I think casual fans are really digging it. So that's why we should keep doing it. You don't make the show for me. It's just not hitting for one reason uh, or another. And then we did the build for the triple threat. MVP is always good. You know, no problem with that. Didn't even mind the New Day versus Elias and Jackson Riker. I mean, pointless. And doing the whole... Or you got beaten by Omos, big dude, and you got beaten by Braun Strowman, big dude. But then they were making, I mean, they did the DMX thing, which I thought was very nice. And Xavier Woods is doing uh, Adventure Time references, which if you don't know, just make Xavier Woods come across like an absolute crazy person. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit biased towards the New Day because I think they're absolutely hilarious. They're so dumb. And I get that some people didn't like this, and that's fine. Like, it truly, truly is. But they just, yeah, they tickle me. I don't even know why. I was very upset that Omos wasn't on this show. I was so I was so ready for Omos. And then the triple threat, I mean, it ends with the Hurt Business getting, what, a slapjack? <laughs> or Mace or T-Bar. Whoever the hell it is. I mean, I wouldn't have minded it if we hadn't got rid of two other people. And I also wouldn't have minded it if we had flipping you know done something with retribution we haven't they they weren't a good group not their fault it's the way they were booked and we didn't have any payoff with mustafa ali other than they looked at each other at the memorial battle royal under the giant i know they kind of you know threw each other out and stuff but that doesn't count no one remembers that stuff in battle royals you remember the finish and you remember the winner and it wasn't even a major focus like the lucha house party thing what was that oh we've done the story no you haven't don't even try and pretend so 
a difficult Raw, I'll go with. Very upsetting. I mean, more upsetting because, you know, the Raw after WrestleMania has become a thing. And I get it's not entirely their fault because they don't have a crowd. And usually you'd book for the crowd. But it would still be... You still want good stories. And you still want good narratives. And I thought coming off the back of WrestleMania where things felt quite exciting... We dropped the ball a little bit on Raw. And I, I always want to make it clear because people think I'm ragging on the performers. I'm not. I'm not actually ragging on anybody. I'm just saying from a creative standpoint, it wasn't for me and it went over my head. As I do talk about this, though, and as I forgot about on ups and downs for Raw, I'm stupid. We do have NXT this evening. The fallout from Stand and Deliver. I thought that was an awesome pay-per-view. Really enjoyed myself, as we talked about last week. Doesn't seem like Adam Cole or Finn Balor or Io Shirai are coming up, unless they're going to do something on SmackDown, but I think they would have spread that a little bit better. I don't think you just get all of them going to Friday nights. And I'm very happy that the Wednesday Night Wars are dead. I felt like it breeded too much negativity, and I hope what this can do is just build bigger audiences for both shows because they deserve it, because they're filled with great talent. So it'll be exciting to see what that happens, uh, how that goes, I should say. What does NXT do rating-wise? What does AEW do rating-wise? Um, but I, yeah, I, I just think it was just heading too much. It was just too vitriolic, and sometimes you, sometimes you don't want that. And other than that, I mean, I guess it's just the Chris Jericho and Steve Austin podcast. I've watched about half of it as I talk to you now. Um, it's just a really good listen. Chris Jericho and Stone Cold Steve Austin obviously have a good relationship. They don't hold anything back. If you want to hear AEW discussed on WWE television, I suppose, to you know, for a, in some sense, you can. It's there. It's waiting for you. It was quite exciting. I just think Chris Jericho has an awesome story to tell. Steve Austin has become very good at his job at pulling those stories out. He does his research. I had a very fun, entertaining time. But I don't think there was anything huge that came out of it. There was nothing like, oh my gosh, like this is a, a huge revelation. I can't believe it. So there's, there's no news, I suppose. There, there, there's no news. And really, there's not much news from anything else. Obviously, AEW had the house show, which everyone said was a lot of fun, which is good. But most people are just talking about... WrestleMania, as is always the way this time of year. That's just what goes down. What I would like to do is obviously mention the Hardy boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy, because their father passed away. And if you know anything about their story, the their dad was almost instrumental in sort of, you know, pushing their dream. So that's just terrible. So, you know, thoughts with thoughts with those guys. And of course, we should mention I still don't know his name because he's brand new. Is it Ad Adnan Vink? the new commentator for Raw. Kind of crazy that just happened. you think they would explain something? Because if you're like brand new to wrestling and you've got used to three guys, I mean, where did Samoa Joe go? I mean, hopefully he's going to be on SmackDown. I'm desperate. But, you know, Corey Graves has also come back to SmackDown, so uh, to Raw, so what does that mean for SmackDown? And look, it wasn't the best performance I've ever heard, but I cannot believe some people on the internet are giving this man crap. It's like, it's his first day on the job. His first day on the job. Like, give him, uh, give him some time. To not only learn it, but understand it's a high-pressured situation. So, yeah, I just... <laughs> I don't understand. You're allowed to be critical, but I'll oh, fire him. Fire him? <laughs> he had three hours. And you... And look, and we all know how hard WWE commentary can be if you've listened to people and Vincent Mann is shouting in your ear. So, I will give them time. I'm sure they would gel as a team. I mean, you could even say that when uh, Excalibur, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone started doing it, they're not as polished as they are now because that comes with time and understand people's ticks and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, let's just be a little bit nicer to crazy people. <laughs> no, not to crazy people. Stop being crazy people and let the man do his job and I'm sure he will shine. And if he doesn't shine... We know that WWE will make changes because they love to do it. And as always, we shall finish off with your questions. I usually put a tweet up at SimonMiller316, and that's where you can ask. My man Ben Roy Turner from What Culture Wrestling, who often edits my videos, says, Do you think the great Carly should have one last run? Ben, you know the answer is absolutely not. Uh, Dark Light Clothing, who are also very nice people, say, who would win in a last Muppet standing match, Super Grover or Beaker? Always Beaker, because he's like a crazy guy, runs around with his weird mouth going, me, 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 me. <laughs> I like Beaker, he's crazy. I like the Muppets, not going to lie. Uh, Rigger, what is the hardest part of the ring? The ring apron, you know this. Come on now, you've been watching wrestling. Planet's Champion says, do you think more wrestlers should start having multiple finishes? Like how Walter will end a match with a clothesline, splash sleeper, powerbomb, etc. I feel like it makes the matches, the finish to matches much less predictable. Yes, but I mean, I do think we're heading in the right direction because we didn't have many spam finishes on WrestleMania. And for years, that is something that people have criticized. Like, are we are, you know, we're running finishes into the ground and we didn't really do that this year. So hopefully... 
in due course, we can start doing that as well. But yes, it would have a good... Well, wrestling always has a better feeling when you're not 100% sure how a match will end, and that ties into it. Gimbal the Bard says, What is your favorite match that ended with the most devastating move in pro wrestling? Oh, man, that's so hard. I mean, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, probably. I think I've got to go with that one. I'm going with it. Cannon, if you could pick one to dethrone the Tribal Chief at WrestleMania 38, who would you pick among these two, Big E or Cesaro? That's a really difficult question. I mean, it would be one of those, either either or would be fine. I think I'd go for Big E, just because by WrestleMania 38, you know, we're, we're a year removed from where we are now. I would like to think that Cesaro would already have been put into that position, whereas I think you probably need a good few months to move Big E up the card a little bit. I mean, what I truly think is going to happen with Roman Reigns, and I know this is nothing special, but I just I can see it happening, is I think WrestleMania 38 is probably going to take on Brock Lesnar because that will be massive money. And then we'll probably get to the next WrestleMania and he will take on The Rock. And I think there's every chance The Rock wins the championship, so after like two and a half years or whatever, and then retires because I can see The Rock doing that. It's the kind of thing The Rock does. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. I suppose it depends on execution, but... It is a shame in the same way The Undertaker streak was a shame. You want to give that rub to somebody new, to somebody younger. But that's my that's my random prediction. Dopamine Explosion says, how do you manage to stay so positive? Well, as I always say, Dopamine, I'm not positive 100% of the time. You know, you can't, you can't always... I'm always going to be positive when you hear me on here. And I'm always going to be positive when you see me on camera. Because uh, I feel like that's my job, right? I feel like that's part of my persona, for lack of a better term. It does tie into my real life as well. It is how I approach real life situations. But it doesn't mean that every day I wake up with smiles and fairies and lampposts lampposts no idea so i mean i always just try and look at the best of things that's what i do but even then i have days when i feel sad and miserable because i'm a human being so if you are i'm not saying you are but if you are ever going through those things too i don't want anyone to think or oh, simon never gets down of course i get down i am but a man uh, I can't pronounce your name, so I'm just going to call you Burr because that's the last four letters. When working with a re- oh, for the record, it's just it's just letters put together. It wasn't me being offensive. When working with a wrestler who has a difficult finisher to pull off, how do you work that out? Just repetition beforehand, or ask them to pivot to a signature, maybe a combo of both. Thanks. No man, you just got to learn how to take it. I mean, if you're able to get in the ring beforehand, absolutely, you can try it out. Um, but there was one guy that I was fighting had a very complicated finish, and we didn't have time to go in the ring because I was one of the days that I'd pulled a double. That's right. So I had a wrestling match in the afternoon and the evening and he just had to walk me through it in the back and then you just get in the ring and you go with it. It's the cool thing about wrestling, man. You're walking on a tightrope and it's somewhat terrifying, but I love it. Shane's birthday tweet says, should Mania have more endings like Bianca winning at 37 or Brian winning at 30? Or should they have more like Roman beating Edge and Brian? No, I mean, more often than not, WrestleMania should end happy and like, uh, yeah, like the Bianca Belair one. But there are exceptions to that rule. And I think that we'd put ourselves in such a good position for that triple threat on Sunday that it was okay. It Figures says, if you could book one match across all promotions that was responsible for bringing new eyes to the product, who would you book? It's a very difficult question. I don't really know who's like the mainstream would consider because I mean by that token you could argue that potentially a Braun Strowman may be good because he looks he's such a big dude you may get that oh my gosh factor which is a thing in wrestling I mean I don't think I would do it but I understand the argument I would probably take Roman Reigns because I do think he has something you know I I do understand what WWE see in him especially now maybe not necessarily as as a face and I'd probably put him against somebody. Oh, man, this is so difficult. There's so many options. Because I think you could do someone like Cody Rhodes. Because I feel like Cody Rhodes has a... He's almost the antithesis to Roman Reigns in the sense that... I know it's character-based stuff, but character-wise, Roman comes off like such a dick. And I think Cody has he comes across like a really good dude. So you may be able to tap into that. I think ultimately it comes down to story and what you do with it. There's plenty of guys that may be able to... To, to sort of take the ball and run with it. I'd have to think about that. It's a good question, though. Harreen is here! And, of course, Harreen sends her her love. Uh, the, you haven't written it this week, Harreen. How am I remembered to do your catchphrase if you don't write it? I'll just read what you put. Hello, Simon. Hope you got some rest after this long week. I will do so after this. This is my last thing, and I'm going to take a few hours just to, to balance out again. Kenny Omega appreciation post here. Is there anything dastardly that he can do to up his healness, or is what he's doing enough? Thanks for everything you do. That's very kind. Well, I really like the Kenny Omega character, but I know what you mean. Some people seem to be vastly against it, but I think they may be against it regardless. 
I think he's doing awesome. He's arrogant. He's egotistical. He's got an over-the-top entrance. He cheats. He's got buddies that help him cheat. He's got a so you know pseudo-manager who's an absolute moron, intentionally so. I really like where it's going, and I still think it's early days. And I think the Young Bucks sort of tap backing back into that golden elite thing, whatever we're going to call them. I think that helps it too. You can always be a bigger prick. <laughs> There's always a way to do it. So I'm sure he can come up with some stuff. But I'm enjoying the evolution at the moment. And I think it's set up perfectly for Hangman Page to save the day, which is what the story should be long term. Not, not soon, but long term. Hanif says, what do you think of this idea? The Miz and Morrison break up, have a few brawls. Then for their payoff match at the pay-per-view, whichever one that will be, it's loser leaves Raw. Miz loses and goes to SmackDown. He wins the IC belt. Morrison versus Sheamus for the US title. He wins. Then at Survivor Series, they have a rematch. Or maybe that's SummerSlam. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. That sounds good. Sounds fun. Uh, you break Miz and Morrison up, which I'd like. Two thumbs up. Uh, Tom Talks Rubbish says, Hey, Simon, thanks for all the content over Mania Weekend. You are most welcome. With NXT moving to Tuesday and Jericho mentioning them on the network, Broken Skull Sessions, could you see AEW cracking a million by the end of the year? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, they have done a million before, so it's not out of the realms of possibility. And I know last week it was a particularly low rating. But no, I think they have it in them to, to, to hit a million consistently. But I think NXT does as well. Like, they do do good ratings sometimes, and then the times they don't, you can see it's when AEW does especially well. So, I mean, if you said, who do I think would make a million first? Yes, I'd lean towards AEW. But I think both companies, with the right time and the right... Well, not having to worry about the other, and I always kind of felt that NXT worried a little bit more about AEW. But either way, it's going to happen to, to some degree. Yes, I think both... They could do it by the end of the year. Will they or not? AEW, I would say 90%. NXT, maybe 82 Jemson says, Edge versus Randy, who is the better heel? Oh, no, I, it, I'm not doing that game, Jemson, as much as I love you, and I do. I, I don't play that game because it's, it's no point. Edge is brilliant. Randy Orton is brilliant. Like They're just excellent people, uh, excellent bad guys. They're, they're tremendous. And if you could come up with some stupid story to put them as a tag team, I'd take it right now, even though it wouldn't make any sense because they should hate each other for life. I think sometimes you just got to enjoy the talent that's on show. Jackson says, what do you think of the Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke retreating his faces against Jackson Shayna? We have done that. And who is Splatoon for? The answer is babies. Antonio, a few of your favorite matches of the year so far. Also, one match you would book right now in any company if you had the power. Uh, if I had the power, I would do Kenny Omega probably versus Roman Reigns or a Daniel Bryan or maybe even an Edge actually I think that would be fantastic that's just for my own my own joy my favorite match of the year so far the triple both main events from the two WrestleManias absolutely would be in there and I, I, I need to I, I can't remember <laughs> that's the problem I get confused about what was last year and this year I'd have to get I'd have to get a list up. I could. I only. I watch so much wrestling. I only really remember the last week or so. So I'm just going to say those two and move on. Danny, what are your fears in regards to the future of your wrestling career? I don't have any fears, Danny. Uh, I guess injury, stopping. You know, having to stop doing it before I want to stop doing it. I guess that would freak me out a little bit. But no, I mean, my only fear is that it doesn't start up again. But you know, that's a that's a, that's a silly fear because it will do. No, I mean, my my wrestling thing is purely done to get the most out of it as I possibly can and see what I can achieve. And whatever the ceiling for that is, is going to be okay. Because there was a time I never thought I'd have one wrestling match. And now I've had over 100. So I just want to get better. I just want to keep improving. And I'm very excited to starting it up again. Uh, Blue Green Hair Don't Care says, I tried to watch WWE here and there. I watched the second night of Mania. I'm going to watch night one, but the camera cuts are horrendous. Do you think that will could change? Thanks. Be well and stay safe. The camera cuts are too much in WWE. I don't think anybody would argue that. I've personally got used to them. Doesn't mean that I like them. But they are quite garish. But I suppose they that's their way and they think it works. I haven't even seen a hint that they would change it. I would be happy with 50% less at a minimum. That's WWE TV. I mean, even Lance Storm did a tweet saying he couldn't watch one of the matches from WrestleMania because there were too many camera cuts and it made him feel sick. And Lance Storm isn't a man to muck around with his words. So it is something they should look at probably won't sigma is the fiend storyline salvageable at this point yes anyone is salvageable we've seen so many people i mean bobby lashley had that feud with Sami Zayn and his sisters which is one of the worst things ever now he's the wwe champion it's just going to take a lot of work and my worry is is wwe happy to invest that in bray wyatt given the past i'm not 100 percent sure Joe says, hey, Simon, which NXT superstar do you think would be the next top star on the main roster well if you treat io shirai right she could be she's got all the tools she just needs to be put in the right position 
Uh, a Bronson Reed could do well. Uh, Karrion Cross would do well. I mean, I, again, I'm not like a, a super fan. I don't mean, I think he's really, really good. But I mean, when I watch, he's not one of my guys. Like, for no reason, just instinctual. But he would do well in the WWE main roster. And Adam Cole and Champa and Walter especially. But I mean, Adam Cole and Champa and Gargano would do well. The worry is, of course, is that they won't be pushed properly because of their size. But if they were, they would still absolutely smash it. Uh, and the evil of Aku says, do I think Io Shirai should stay in NXT or head to the main roster? I wouldn't put her on the main roster at the moment just because you've just crowded Bianca and Rhea. And I think you've got some time to let it sit at six months minimum, if not another year, and then bring her up and do the same thing. And then you beat somebody else. Oliver Wood, why are Butcher and the Blade the best tag team? They're not. They run a butcher's shop. Mark Kingston, what are your thoughts on Mania and NXT's Mania takeover being over two nights going forward? I will all, look, if someone said, Miller, you can book WrestleMania time-wise, I would have one show on a Sunday night that doesn't go over five hours, right? Five hours max. But I don't know if they're going to do that. So I suppose if it is the choice of one seven-hour show or two three-hour shows like we got, I would always pick the two nights. But I do like one night WrestleMania because I think it feels more special. But I don't want to go over five hours because it's too long. And just by naturally, we all get a little bit tired because how can you not? That's how the human brain works. Um, where am I going next? CJ Lawless says, what are your thoughts on WWE having every title being held by a heel champion with the exception of the SmackDown women's title? I don't really put much thought into it. It is what it is. I, I, I don't want to watch wrestling like that because I think it takes away the fun. I'd rather watch it week to week and think to my stiff self, did I enjoy it or did I not enjoy it? Uh, WWE is a little bit differently because their storytelling is crazy. But if the, sto the storytelling made sense and everybody's a heel, well, as long as I'm having a good time for two or three hours, it's irrelevant to me. I, I, don't, I don't really care. That's not saying you can't care. I just don't personally care. Uh, JP says, not a question, but a PSA. Wrestling fans, be sure to watch NXT and AEW, both shows. Give the other a chance. This is an opportunity to watch the two best wrestling shows going, and they deserve a viewership greater than Raw. <laughs> I was with you, JP, until that last bit. We don't need to rag on other shows. Watch all wrestling and let's push ratings through the roof. Uh, Andrew says, why do you think there is such a big difference in quality between Raw and SmackDown for so long? The three hours doesn't help, but can't be the main reason. Dude, I'd love to answer you, man. I don't get it. It is almost as if they're being written by two different people. And I don't think they are. I know they have different head writers, but you know, the, the meat and bones is the same. I can't answer it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But Raw is a roller coaster and SmackDown usually smashes it out the park. Quintessential. Do you think Vince finally sees SmackDown as the A show? Well, he will do from a business perspective because it's on Fox and Fox is a bigger network. But I would guess deep down in his tum tum, he won't because Raw is always going to be his baby. Uh, and you mentioned it headlined both nights at WrestleMania while Raw opened the show. Even the mid-card titles had SmackDown on after Raw. Raw can't get traction while SD is riding a tidal wave of momentum in the last year. I don't think any thought went into that. Uh, it's quite an interesting statistic, but no, I don't think they see it that way. Uh, Joss says, what tips would you give for starting a wrestling podcast? We already do a gaming podcast, but a few of us talk about wrestling together almost as much as we talk about gaming. Any input would be valuable. Well, I think you should just do it which is crappy advice. I mean, if you can come up with something new and something different and unique, that's always going to help. But trying to do that with wrestling podcasts is going to be super duper tough because there's so many of them. But if you're passionate and you feel like you can entertain people, then just start talking into a microphone and make sure you've got everything rocked and ready to go. That's all I started to do. And, you know, my podcast does all right. Obviously, there's much, much bigger ones out there, but I enjoy doing it. You know, it's something that I look forward to. And that's what I would always say to anyone when you're engaging in your passion projects. Do it for you. Make sure you're not copying anybody to too great a degree because otherwise you are just going to be a mimic. And make sure you're enjoying yourself. Otherwise, what's the point? Ewan says, uh, Brock Lesnar to fight Lashley or Roman or some mad triple threat like WrestleMania 35 main event. I think if Brock comes back, he's only going to fight Roman. And I don't think that's going to be till next year if we do do it. I'd love to see the Brock, Lash the, the Brock Lashley fight. But I think Brock... I don't think I don't think Brock should lose twice and I think Brock should lose to Roman I think Brock should lose to Lashley as well I just don't think it's going to happen that way so I would imagine that we hold it off for Roman Reigns probably at next year's Wrestlemania uh Car Potato says not a wrestling question but how are you Simon I'm very very well I'm very very tired after a crazy week of wrestling but what how great is it that I get to say that about my job so it's all good. Joe says, your thoughts about New Japan, the World Heavyweight Championship's new design and Osprey being the champ. Uh, I thought the belt design wasn't as nice as the old one, but I don't get too caught up on belt designs because 
I mean, I don't mean this towards you, Joe. I just mean general. I have real problems in my life. So I'm like, I don't need to waste my time worrying about what a championship looks like. And I always assumed that Will Ospreay would be champion at some point. It's just kind of crazy that it's happening during a period where New Japan's booking is completely anti-New Japan. But I don't think you can criticize his in-ring work, to, to say the least. I think he deserves an opportunity to see, you know, what he can do. And I'm intrigued to see I'm intrigued to see how that goes. Like he does keep improving year in, year out. And if you do that in any kind of company, the rewards will come to you. Topher says, How would you book the return of Becky Lynch? Well, she needs to go after a championship, so it depends who holds the titles. Like right now, you've got Bianca Belair, and you could do Bianca versus Becky Lynch. I think probably people would enjoy that, but you are running the risk of, you know probably having Bianca booed, which you don't want to do if Becky Lynch comes back at the same star level as she left. And then on Raw, you've got Rhea Ripley, which I think is actually a more interesting one, but Charlotte has kind of muddied those waters. But that's what I probably would have done. I probably would have had, if I could, you know, Rhea Ripley. Well, I wouldn't have done it at the moment because I want to do it in front of real people. But whenever we had real people, hopefully Rhea Ripley would have just won the title and then Becky Lynch could have come out the night afterwards and started that feud. That's the kind of thing that I want. You have this one awesome explosion, but then you get another one the next night and it gets people's... Well, it keeps people's excitement levels high. So that's what I would have done. Uh, We've answered that about two-night or one-night WrestleMania. Ryan says, is the WWE women's roster of the last few years, collectively, the greatest locker room ever? The depth of the bench, the Hall of Fame-bound performers, the breakthrough first record holders, arguably all-timers. I think it's fantastic because, yes, you can mention Bailey and Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch and Io Shirai and... Uh, Tony Storm and there's a bunch of people we could do this all day long that can really go but no I don't think you can start saying it's the greatest locker room ever I don't think there is an argu- a, 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 the greatest locker room ever because you're always going to be able to make arguments elsewhere but it is terrific it is really really good Morsi says why did WWE not have any proper feuds I like Brian Edge and Roman and also Roman and Jey Uso but from apart from that it's just I want to fight you and then the reply is yes can't argue with you Morsi they rely on it it's a crutch and they, they do need to get a little bit more creative. Andrew says, what stipulation or gimmick would you give to Lashley McIntyre in a rematch? Last man standing, something like that. Stipulations are so overdone in WWE, they all kind of feel the same. Ben Day says, you're able to change one outcome from WrestleMania 37 match. Which one is it? I would put The Fiend over because he got set on fire and that's what you should do. Chris says, what wrestler do you think has the best gym etiquette and which has the worst? Well, Triple H surely has the best. And I don't want to say who does the worst. That's not fair because I may say it and they may be a really good gym person and they don't need some bored a-hole talking about that like this. Wayne says, hey, dude, thanks for being a positive voice on here. There is so much negativity around. You're welcome, Wayne. If you were booking WWE from the Raw after Mania, how would you have booked the Fiend story? It's a great question given that I was critical of it. I don't think I have an answer for you. But that's only because I wouldn't have done anything we've done with the Fiend over the last two years. (laughs) So now we're in a position like, what do you do? I don't know what I would do. I don't think I would have gone away from Bray Wyatt, the Eater of Worlds, if I'm sat here now thinking about it. I mean, I suppose if he beats Randy Orton, you can then just move on from it. That's what WrestleMania is meant to do, is the culmination of a feud. Then you can still have Alexa Bliss and the Fiend as a partnership, but she can go back into the women's division because I don't see why you wouldn't do that. And I suppose with The Fiend, it's the problem with the character. I don't know what you do. Who would you put him with on that roster? Do you do a Bobby Lashley match? Do we want to see that? Does he go after Drew McIntyre? Does he do something with The Miz? But we've seen that too. It's a great question, my friend. I don't know why I have the answer. And this is probably why they're struggling with it as well. Uh, Eleanor says, what's your favorite match from WrestleMania 37 and your favorite match from NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver? Uh, Walter versus Ciampa would be my favorite from that one. And then, yeah, it's a toss-up between Bianca and Sasha and the, and the triple threat main event. I don't know. They're so, so close. Today, I would say Edge, Roman, and Brian. Tomorrow, I'll probably say Sasha and Bianca. They're, they're, they're too close to call. But yeah, definitely that Champa and Walter match. I thought that was awesome. And we'll ask two more, and we will go with Matt Moore. What was the WrestleMania moment this year? Oh, Bianca Belair winning the title. I thought I had to think about that. No, I don't. Absolutely that one. And Travis says, how would you book a Samoa Joe and Keith Lee return? Well, I am desperate. And I know that he wouldn't win the feud, but I don't care. For Samoa Joe to come out and smack down and challenge Roman Reigns, there's just a story built in there. I would love it. They'd have such a good match. Samoa Joe would be able to make me believe that he actually was going to win, even though he would probably not win, I would assume. And I would just be so happy that he's back. And with Keith Lee, I think I'd kind of do the same thing on Raw. I know we've just, met, <laughs> we've just talked about not doing these things. 
But, okay, you could kind of, you know, maybe come up with a different way to do it. But I would put him in a feud with Bobby Lashley. Keith Lee doesn't have to win. But I think they could have some great matches. And if you let Keith Lee work like Keith Lee can work, I think a lot of people would open their eyes and go, wow, that guy is awesome. I hope Keith Lee is all right as well. No one really seems to know what's going on with him at the moment. But, yeah, I hope he's okay. And I hope that um, whatever it is is nothing too serious and he can get back to wrestling soon because I've met that man and he is a tremendous human being. I don't want any bad to happen to anybody, but like I say, I have that small connection with him, so I hope he's all good. And on that note, we will round up the WrestleMania Fallout podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, If you are on a podcast app that you can interact with right now, give it five stars and a comment. That would rock. Don't care what you write. I just care that you write something. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. I have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. That's how I'm able to do all of these kind of projects. I have to fund it somehow. What else do I have? Simon.bigcartel.com for merchandise. Shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting the show. Search for me on YouTube at Simon Miller. Search for What Culture Wrestling as well. Otherwise, now we all get to rest just a little bit. NXT tomorrow or tonight, of course, depending on when you want to go watch it. And then that's wrestling, I guess, for you. It never actually ends. Sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's a little bit too much. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah.